You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Paul. Welcome back, man. I'm back. I had to fly solo with you without you last. I, I don't I don't I didn't like that at all. No, you did a really good job though. Thanks, man. If and and if you're still listening, if you survived the Alan Carl interview. Oh my god. Oh man. I, I, I listened to it. It was good. Alan was bad at Alan's so good. He's a very talented um, musician. If you listen to it, the descent into madness, that's exactly what it was for us. So some of the stuff that you edited out was hilarious and and maybe maybe we'll do a patreon and you guys can can pay two dollars for the uh <laughs> the behind the scenes shenanigan so uh how you feeling man you just got home i i like what not even 24 hours ago that's what it feels like yeah but, um you know so like i said i went, we were in disney world and i know a lot of people think oh god disney it's the worst thing ever i'll be honest with you it was awesome the kids were probably just like amped up the entire time. That's what it's about, yeah. right? It's not. I mean, I don't care about rides or yeah. any of that kind of stuff. There's certain parts of you know, from a landscape perspective, I can look at some really cool, well done landscaping. But <laughs> that's the dork in me. But watching the, the the smiles on the kids' faces and seeing how excited they got and all that, I mean, it was that was really awesome it was hot as hell down there I'll oh, tell I you bet. That. it was like mid 90s the whole time the whole just, time oh my humid. god humid but um that's coming our way yeah it's this gonna, week it's gonna be here so that trip was awesome but you know the real fireworks were happening back home yes uh because you came over to help me out a little bit yeah uh we have talked to people about trapping and nest predators and that kind of stuff well, they got you good, man. My chickens took a took a hit this week. Uh, yeah. Probably should have been a little bit more proactive on some different things. But 
Uh, so I had five chickens. Uh, now I have one. Buttercup. And buttercup. She's whatever. But uh, the neighbor. I mean, she has seen some stuff now, man. Yeah, she's pretty traumatized, I yeah, think. Yeah, she ain't going to lay an egg for a month. No. Uh, How, how'd your daughter take the news? She upset? So we were sitting at uh, Woody's Lunchbox uh, having lunch. It's a good name. Yeah. And uh, Toy Story World. When I broke the news to her, I figured I'd just break it, you know, let it happen. That was probably not the best <laughs> time to do that. But, uh, you know, trying to be a good dad, we got few more chickens ordered right away because she loves those birds but um it was real interesting man like uh kind of relating this to hunting the uh and you and i kind of talked about it but those birds got a first of all i've had them out and you know basically leave the pen open all the time but we've got our our lab our 80 pound yellow lab um out in the yard all the time and so i don't know if his presence really kept the raccoons it was a raccoon um that got them kept them away or his scent or whatever um but we never had we haven't had a problem with it yet we leave pick the dog at the kennel two days later massacre massacre two birds gone right first time was for two birds and then it also occurred on the night when we had a storm okay so we go like a day or two later neighbor comes over he's like dude there's feathers everywhere in your yard we had storms last night again the raccoon came in so the night we came back, you had set that trap up, and uh, nothing the first night. The second night, when we had gotten home, it rained. Raccoon showed up. Raccoon in the trap. Yeah, that's interesting. So you know, and I've always heard um, this is another. This is where we start going down that turkey uh, talk. But wet springs are bad for for turkey uh, poults, and and you know. A wet turkey gives off a stronger smell. The raccoons have an easier time smelling. That is scientific fact that they that they give off more more scent. And I wonder how much that, that played into you know yeah. bringing that coon in. So it could be. So I want I want to ask you what was your favorite back to to circle back. What was your favorite part of Disney? Like was there something you're like, damn, that was cool, man. I I, I enjoyed that. Mm. Or or Universal. You also did Universal. So what was? Yeah. I'm like I like Harry Potter. If I went to un- like. The, the Harry Potter thing would be awesome. I think that was that, that was that was really neat. That'd be okay. kind of fun. I'm not a Star Wars person, okay, so yeah. don't hold that against me. But going into the Star Wars area, I guess that was at Hollywood Studios. That was incredible. Was it really? You felt like you were walking through the scene of the movie. It was. Insane. I've seen I've seen videos where like the stormtroopers like they sound like the stormtroopers in the movie, and they're like interacting with you yes. and your kids. Like yes, my kids, they would be terrified of that. Yeah, they try to mess with my daughter and tell her something, and she just looked at him like, "What? What are you?" Yeah. And she had nothing to do with that. So I walk in your house today. I'm like, "Hey, how was uh, how was Disney?" And she just gave me a thumbs up and like turned around and walked. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they got worn out. So, but that's oh, good. Oh man, I bet. So what do we got? So June 24th, Friday, June 24th, Granville, Ohio. Dustin Huff talked about it. Big Co- buck. couple weeks, yeah, yeah. The the, 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 the large the, the huff buck, literally the largest deer ever shot in the United States. It's going to be in Granville. He's bringing them out. Free event. You got to buy the beer. There's going to be a food truck there. The beer is awesome at Granville uh, Brewing Company. It's it's you know it's going to be kid friendly. We're going to have it outside, weather permitting. You know we're going to have you know fire pit going, and it's just going to be a good time, man. It's it's going to be you know just uh, just a, America at its finest, man. Country music, beer, deer. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you can check out our Instagram page. We got we got some stuff up there. The Twitter page. You can check out our web page as well. The O2Podcast.com. You know, we'll we'll have some stuff up there uh, here shortly. But Instagram, go wild. It's up. Yeah, check it out. Um, Archery hike July 15th to 17th. Looking forward to that. We'll be there Friday, the 16th. That Saturday, I'm headed for my family vacation, so I'm looking forward to. Little R and R, a little R and R, man. We've With been little kids, though, man. It's the R and R is is much it, smaller. It it's is, like a little and like R and so we're going, like we're going to Hilton Head, and, and and so we just spend a majority of our time on the beach. You know, it's like it's the ocean. It's awesome, but you, you get like so nervous, you know, at all times, like because there's so many people there, lots of people, you know, and you're just constantly, so you're just under, constantly on it. Yeah, you're just constantly on edge and. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. We enjoy it. We enjoy it, but, uh, we enjoys it. We enjoys it. Yeah. It's just like blacked out something <laughs> there. So eyes twitching. But before, so, before we get there. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. We yeah, got before, send it, send it send slam. It July 9th, Louisville, Kentucky. Man, it's gonna be fun. We booked our house the other day. Our families are bunking up. Our buddy Justin and Vince, they're all bringing their families down. Man, it's gonna be a good time. We got a crew. We're gonna shoot. Tickets are available, and they're not super expensive. This is a this is an affordable, fun weekend adventure for either a family, a single couple. This is gonna be a lot of fun. The, the music is gonna be awesome. I've been listening to to the musicians that are gonna be playing down there. Dude, Cole Cheney. Good. He is a good one. They're all really good. I have to look it up. Yeah, Cole, Cole Cheney, that dude is gonna he he's gonna he's gonna break in here here soon. So, uh, tethernation.com. Stuff's in stock. I checked their website. Stuff is there. It's available. All all of their stuff is available. When is um, it? They're gonna do the uh, August twenty seventh, I believe. 27th. Um, I talked about it on the on the show last week. Um, they're gonna do the teach. The teach, teach and train. train. I'm assuming it's gonna be advances. They haven't released any information right now. Um, so so check that out. We'll get more on that. Yeah, we'll, it, when when that does come out, we'll we'll get more. But uh, firstlight firstlight.com. I got my catalyst system the other day. I played dress up in my living room. So I had I had the bibs, I had the vest, the jacket's back order. I haven't got it. I had the uh, the Wind River um, full face like I don't know how you say it's balaclava. I guess I'm saying that right. You guys know what the hell I'm talking about. But man, it was it was awesome sweating like crazy yeah granted it's you know 85 degrees when i did it but uh so i have a funny story here mixed with go wild and first light and walking around disney you know i had to be i had to have my first light stuff up because you know you gotta fly that hd flag that brother hunting douche (laughs) (laughs) the uh but i had a my go wild bag on and then i'm wearing a shirt right now but uh it says go farther stay longer which is the first light motto right but the bag had this like cross um, sling or whatever you want to call it, shoulder strap, and it would cut off the H-E-R and farther. <laughs> so my mom and my wife kept saying, why does your shirt say go fart? Like, <laughs> as I'm walking around dizzy with this, just says go fart on my shirt. I'm like, no, look, it's further. Far- there's so- Someone probably walked by you and just saw that go fart, and they're like, man. That's okay. kind of funny. This guy. There was a lot of unique shirts there. So oh, I'm I, I, I bet I, right I, in. I bet. But anywho, um, what else have we got here? Oh, this weekend upcoming. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Happy to Father's Day, Paul. Uh, same to you. Uh, Free fishing weekend. Yes. Yeah, so you don't need a license on June 18th or 19th. Uh, do remember all of the size and daily limits still do apply. It's uh, free fishing, but it's uh, not. 
free-for-all fishing. If you have questions, check the regulation book or their website. So. Correct. Yeah. Anything, I don't think there's anything pressing. This is, you know, everyone talks about that October law for deer hunting. Like, this is the summer law for hunting. Yeah. I mean. Lots of fishing going on. Yeah, lots of fish. My daughter caught her first fish the other day. That was pretty cool. Yeah, she, got a, she got a bluegill. Uh, she just pulled it out of the water. First thing she said, can we eat it? Warm my warm my heart. There so, you go. my other daughter, the youngest one, she wanted absolutely nothing to do with fishing, but she loves playing with the worms. Like the, I, I had earthworms and, and uh, like the wax worms. Loves it. I saw you had her out there shooting the bow and arrow. Yeah, too. yeah. I got them. I got them uh, a couple bow and arrows from Vance's here here in Central Ohio. They were just like the Bear Apprentice, and they're like thirty five dollars, and. They loved it. They had a good time. I mean, they, they want to shoot constantly. And, and you know, I, I don't want to burn them out. So it's just, you know, here, let's shoot for five minutes and we'll alternate and then and then, and then go back. But we've done it. We bought them on Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday we shot. They, nice. they, yeah, so they, they've enjoyed it. So. I, uh, mine love to shoot too. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, you just got to be careful. And we're going to get into this talk here a little bit. But yeah. uh, you have to realize that when you're out there with them, it's not your time to get better. It's their yeah. time to enjoy it and i think the the thing too that that um and my my wife was kind of apprehensive about you know giving them something that you know they could hurt themselves with or whatever i don't know but there's there's a respect ass you know element with 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 firearms and archery equipment that you know the sole purpose of this eventually is to kill something right you know so let's you, you start to teach teach young children how to respect that and that's a process um we started that, but it was it was funny. I had like the I set the the bow the bows and arrows like on the couch, and you know like I was walking around, and I hear clack 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 clack, and I go in and they're sword fighting with the arrows, and I'm just like, oh god, did you not absorb anything that I said? So, have to have to have to separate have to separate the the arrows and keep That's them hidden. Hilarious. So yeah, it was a good it was a good time, man. So, so well, the talk we've got this week, we actually just got done recording it. Oh, oh man. man, what this a good is one! A good one! Uh, what I a mean, good one! We kind of so what we've got is a roundtable talk. We've got Brian Hall and his son Gage. We've got back on second time around. Second timers. Um, we've got Mark Kenyon from Wired Me- to Hunt. Yeah, Wired Meteor. to Hunt Meteor. And then Cuz Strickland and Cranky. Yep. And uh, are they Mossy Oak? Mossy Oak. Yeah. yeah. Cuz works for Mossy Oak. I mean that that dude has like. You talk about like the hunting, and I, I'm air, doing air quotes industry, and you know filming hunts, and and just like the modern hunting that we all do. Cuz is like, he's one of the forefathers of that. That's yeah, you know, him and awesome. I mean that, that guy's awesome, man. I and Mark was Mark was great, uh, and Mark's, Brian engaged super super good couple, you know dad and dad and son team there, man. It was cool, man. And what we're we're aiming at, I, I think it's a big topic right now. I've I've seen a lot of stuff out there content wise about getting kids in the outdoors, yeah. right? Paul and I both have young kids um, that we're trying to, you know, we want to share that with them. And, yeah. and neither of us grew up in that, but we enjoy it. And, you know, we want our kids to know where their food comes from. And, yeah. you know, when, when dad goes someplace, what it's what is he doing? And he says he's going hunting, but he doesn't always come back with something. Yeah. And the lessons that you learn from that. So I think the conversation we, we really had was great. And to get different aspects, Mark's kids are young, Cranky's been or not, my cousin's had his daughters that he ran through and then he's got his grandkids older now. grandkids yeah and uh then brian and gage are kind of in that middle middle zone um 
So it's a it's a unique talk, and I, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, I think you guys get a lot out of it. Yeah, it was really good. And you know, I, I don't want to feel I don't want anyone to feel like I'm picking on them, but I, I was at a restaurant just just recently, and there was there was there were two kids. There was a boy and a girl, and they're probably ten ten to thirteen years old, both of them. And the mom and dad were there, and they they were talking. The two kids were on their cell phone the entire time. And there, I mean, this table is right next to us. Like, I mean, it is in, you know, it's not like I was creeping. Like, I could just look up and see the entire time as they're eating, they're holding their phones. And that's not the type of kids that I want to raise. And if that's the type of kids that you have, that's, I mean, that's on you, man. You guys do that. But I want my children to be engaged with the outdoors. I want them to love it. Whether they're hunters or not, I want them to respect it. I want them, like you said, know where their food comes from. And and no and the the lessons that come from hunting you're going to learn more from from being a hunter or an angler or someone that just a hiker kayaking whatever it is you're going to learn more from that than you ever will from from one of them damn cell phones watching TikTok nonstop watching you know YouTube nonstop like the the, the lessons the life lessons that come from that and from organized sports it's the same thing yeah that's important to me well and like uh, social media can can be beneficial but there's a lot of stuff on there it's not real yeah okay and and it's you know you, you just pull up that and you think everybody shoots monster bucks or catches yeah. huge fish all the time there's yeah. there's a lot of days there's that. there's nothing useful from mindlessly flipping through tiktok videos for 45 minutes while you're at a restaurant or at home with your family right. you know there's nothing nothing can come from that no. So, but it is good. I like it. You like it. We all do it, you know. And and I just I want I want my kids, man. I want them to have. I want them to be well rounded. I want them to, to 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 enjoy all of it and take those lessons. So, the three guys that we had on, uh, and the and the two the two young gentlemen. I mean, they they they're in it, man. They they've done such a great job, and uh, they represent themselves, their family, and the process that they went through, and the organizations that they work for, and the love that they have for the industry. They, they represented it really, really well. And uh, it was an honor to have all, all five of them on, on the program today. So I hope you guys listen and enjoy it. Yeah. So um, that's all we got on our end, but we've got, uh, let's see, the O2podcast.com is the website. We, uh, the.o2.podcast on, on Instagram, O2 on Go Wild, O2 Wild. June 24th. Dustin Huff Show. Bring your family. Bring your kids. Drink some beer. Man, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a party. Buckle up, kids. All right, everybody. Take care, and we will uh, talk to you next week. See you guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Today, we've got a pretty, pretty cool show. I'm kind of shaking right now, Paul, because we've got some, we've got some very big names uh, within the industry joining us to talk about uh, getting kids outside and, um, you know, just raising kids out, outside. So, uh, if we'll go around the call here real quick, uh, we'll start with Mr. Brian Hall. Brian, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I kind of feel like a little leaguer in a major league dugout right now with with Mark and Cuz and, and all these big names that I've been watching for, for many years. But yeah, Brian Hall, live in Northwest Ohio. I grew up with a, with a gun in my hand chasing grasshoppers and, and whatnot around our farm, um, which our family still has and we're fortunate enough to hunt on. And um, 
can't say enough about the outdoors. I mean, it identifies who I am. I, I work um, in the outdoors and the youth recreation um, industry. So I'm still outside and enjoying the sunshine as much as I can, trying to avoid any kind of melanomas and skin cancers. So there you go. And we've got Gage. Gage is back for his second appearance on the show. Welcome back, Gage. Thank you for having me. Yep. I live under the the old fart of Brian Hall. I live in his house. <laughs> oh yes. Well, that's that. Twenty yeah, seconds my... in, shots fired from the youngsters. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. They're not in the same room today, so he can do that. <laughs> but. And Cuz, welcome. Uh, thank you for the invite, Cuz Strickland with Mossy Oak. Uh, uh, official title, I, I think, was senior vice president, but Toxy calls me the brand ambassador now. I think that's what they do with you when you get old. Uh, <laughs> lots of road trips. We were just talking about the turkey symposium and spent a couple of days up there. And this is Ben Ellis, a.k.a. Cranky, who's more famous than I'll ever be uh, from YouTube and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. He's he's the youngest. I have four grand grandchildren my oldest is a, a girl and she's actually a sophomore at mississippi state that's how old i am so hey we're we're, we're glad to be here love talking about the kids and we kind of walk the walk don't we cranky yes sir <laughs> wonderful and uh mark i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you there's about two people that i actually like from the state of michigan so i think you might qualify as the third but uh do you want to go ahead and give us an introduction here real quick? I'm pretty sure everybody probably knows who you are. I feel like that's a lot of pressure. I don't want to uh, I don't want to bring that number back down to the two. <laughs> he did say might, uh, so that is – yeah, you – you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Mark Kenyon here. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I run Wired to Hunt and do the Whitetail gig for the Meat Eater crew, hosting our Whitetail shows and podcasts. Uh wrote a book called that wild country about public lands and the outdoors and uh just like cuz said i try to walk that walk with my boys too i've got two sons a two-year-old and a four-year-old and uh these days my favorite thing in the world is sharing the outdoors with them that's awesome well thank you all for coming um i'm just gonna go ahead and we kind of got this round table idea put together here um paul and i have two both have two pretty young kids so mine are eight and six a girl and a boy um paul's got a couple girls how old are they? six and three six and three yeah. just got their first bows this weekend actually the purple coat mafia purple coat mafia yeah um neither paul nor i grew up in a hunting family and i think one of the things when your dad you know dad knows everything and dad's supposed to you know lead the way and they little people are always looking up to you for all the answers, and Paul and I were talking about this earlier, but one of the things when it comes to getting the kids out in the outdoors, um, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I actually have uh, Steve Rinaldi's book is supposed to be delivered today about kids in the outdoors. Uh, but I struggle, I think, with <clears throat> this idea that I don't know all the answers for outdoor stuff because I didn't grow up in it. Um, it's not something like I want to, you know, have my kids outside doing everything. And they do, they, they love to go outside and shed hunt and all that kind of stuff. My question for you guys as, you know, kind of experts or, or, or those who have grown up doing this, how would you suggest, I know there's a million little things you can do, but 
to get over, I guess for me personally, get over that mental hurdle that I don't know everything. Okay. I'm still trying to learn. I know and nobody knows everything, but do you understand what I'm kind of saying where I, I just, I'm not sure I, I'm that I'm, I can answer all the questions for my kids about growing grass because that's my job. Right. And, but when it comes to the hunting and the outdoor stuff, I, I, I'm a little bit hesitant because I don't feel like I, I know everything that I should be teaching them. I, I think you just jump right into it, Andrew. I mean, you know, the way I, the way I did it, a little background on me just real quick. Uh, my grandfather is the one that had the property. He's the one that took me out. Our, our Sunday go to church was going to my grandparents' house and hunting the same property that I can take my son out to now. Um, not sure my grandfather knew all the answers either. I mean, he went mountain lion hunting, moose hunting, turkey hunting, elk hunting, all that kind of stuff. But you could tell that, you know, he was, he was just trying to do the best that he could. But I think, I think the important part is take these little guys and gals and just put them in the woods and let them experience their own way of seeing what's what's happening out there and it's okay i think i've told gage a hundred times heck i don't know um, um let's let's just try it this way and then every hunt that you're out in the woods not only are they learning but i think i'm learning as well and that's what's cool about being able to hunt with gage is is we learn together we had several experiences with probably 140 plus deer this year inside 30 yards and this little dude chose not to pull the trigger because he didn't have a clear shot you you can sit there and tell them that all day long but but they're gonna have to experience that i think and then you get to experience that along with them so don't feel like you need to know everything um just take them out and enjoy it. Cause I know you, you've been, you've been through it. I mean, you, you are on your second generation of kids that you brought into the outdoors. So, I mean, how I like back, you know, back in the day when, when you and Mr. Primos are running around the, the, the country chasing turkeys, how did you kind of balance the time of, okay, this is a lot of fun. I want to do this on my own and I've got a job to do and then get your, your kids into the outdoors. <clears throat> Well, you know, I, I had all girls and I didn't necessarily want them to be big time hunters or anything. I wanted them to know a couple of things. I wanted them to be able to talk around the supper table and know the lingo. And secondly, I wanted them to know where food comes from. It doesn't come from Kroger. If you're eating protein, something died. And, uh, but I didn't force anything on them. One of them was in sports and, uh, my youngest one, Cranky's mom, she loved to hunt. She was my little Ted Nugent. I had to put a governor on her at some point, <laughs> but, uh, as far as you not knowing everything, I don't think they expect you to know everything. Is that right? Cranky, you don't expect I don't know everything. Is that right? Yes, sir. Where do you get some of your knowledge on fishing and stuff? I mean, other people sometimes and watching YouTube or something like that. It, it's not about that. Here, here's the deal. The most precious thing you have, Toxie says this all the time, it ain't your land, it ain't your money, it's your time. And if you're willing to give your time, that imprints on those kids and they realize it. Kids are way different now than they were when I was little. My dad was not a hunter per se, almost at all. He's a big fisherman. 
uh, lifelong military guys, the best fisherman I ever met, but he didn't hunt a lot, but it just, all that flew all over me, but he always had time to take me. And if you're making that commitment, I promise you they get it. So I, w- I wouldn't worry too much about that. They, uh, they look to different people to be the rock. And if you're there all the time and giving them those opportunities, you're going to be the rock. So I wouldn't worry about it. So one of the, one of the mistakes that I made with my, with my son, who's, who's 19 now. Um, and I, I got into hunting, I was 25, he was five. So there was like this huge learning curve. And I, you know, I, I didn't have a mentor. I learned from reading articles and, you know, YouTube wasn't really a thing. Uh, podcasts definitely weren't a thing. Um, it was just trial and error and I brought him along for all of it. So there was a lot of failure and I burnt him out over, you know, seven or eight years gauge have like, have you reached that point where you're like, meh, I'm hunting too much. I'm fishing too much. I'm not, you know, having the success that I have. Um, or you just, you just head down and just enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, never like I'm always on dad. Like, come on, can we go fishing? Can we go hunting? But I just, we don't have a whole lot of time to do all this. So it, it's really fun when you do get to go hunting and fishing and all that. Yeah. Mark, are you, are you kind of managing, I mean, your kids are two and four, so we're, we're pretty close in age right now and I'm just starting to ease my girls into it. So what's kind of your, your game plan? What have you been doing? I see some really cool Instagram pictures of you and your, your crew out fishing in the, in the back country. So what's kind of your deal? Like how are you easing your, your boys into the outdoors and and, into hunting specifically or fishing? Yeah. You know, I think for us, it's just been, exposure and participation i mean my life and my wife's life and our family life revolves around the outdoors and so our idea once we had children was to not change that but rather invite our children to experience all that with us and all of it the good and the bad and everything in between so we still spend all of our free time doing outside things it's it's just different now than it was you know seven years ago maybe um expectations have changed uh, plans and goals for these outings have changed. So uh, like a fishing weekend, like we had this past weekend in the past might've been all about catching fish and going all over the place. But this weekend it was about floating the river twice with the kids, but just really so they could shoot squirt guns at me and practice casting their little toy fly rods and, and doing that kind of stuff. So we're just trying to make it a good time, get them out there, get them comfortable with, with everything the outdoors can throw at you, the good and the bad, the the good weather and the bad weather days, um, the days when the fish are biting, the days when they're not. Same with going out there and hunting. You know, I'll take the boys out scouting. I take them out shed hunting. I take them out looking for turkeys and all that kind of stuff. But at this point, it's really about, you know, having fun with it. So I'm not making them sit out there for six hours straight waiting for a turkey. It'll, it'll be like go out there for 45 minutes or half an hour and try to strike one up. And if we don't hear one, then we're looking at flowers and we're picking up rocks and we're doing all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so really it's just about bringing them into this lifestyle and showing them all the joy that it can bring you. Um, and I'll I'll just add one more thing to that first question about not knowing all the answers. I feel that way a lot of the time too. Um, but I'm reminded of my own childhood in which my dad really didn't know any of the answers. He didn't know a thing compared to what I'm working with now. And I still loved it and I still had a great time and we still did a lot of great things outside together. And I think one of the greatest joys of my childhood and what's made my relationship with my father so strong is the fact that we had to learn these things together. 
Um, so my dad and I decided, hey, let's learn to bow hunt. And so we did that together. We said, you know, what, let's get into bass fishing and maybe do tournaments together. And so we learned how to bass fish together. Um, he didn't have the answers. More often than not, I was finding the answers and teaching him. But that was a really cool thing, too. So so I, I, I'm trying not to worry about that too much now. Um, my kids certainly don't know that I don't know all the answers. Anything I could say sounds pretty good to them. But uh, I know down the road, there'll still be things that we can learn together. And I think that's actually a pretty fun thing for a father, son or grandfather, grandson, granddaughter, or mentor to mentee, whatever kind of relationship. You don't always need to be the expert. You just need to be, as Cuz said, you need to be willing to share your time. And that's plenty enough for a lot of people. That's, that's great. The, um, one of the questions I really kind of want to get everybody's feel on this today's society is so like, um, instant gratification, right? And if you need something, you can get on Amazon and in certain cases, four hours later, it's at your doorstep. We know if you've been out in the woods, whether you're hunting turkeys or deer or fishing or whatever, like there's a lot of days where success doesn't come like that right it takes time and scouting and and you know there's good days and bad days with today's generation and cranky engage I, I do want your guys's input on this how do you keep them focused and positive when you have those days where you don't see anything or you don't kill anything I mean because my kids always every time I go out to the woods it's dad where's your deer dad did you get a deer dad deer 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 like they, they expect that you go out you're going to come back with something and I've tried to explain to them numerous times that, like, that, yes, it doesn't always happen like that. Uh, but how do you keep um, positive and wanting to go back out into the outdoors? How do you do that, Cranky? I mean, it's... Uh, Is it a process? It's kind of a process, and it's just knowing that there's always going to be something there. I mean... I mean, you can just look through trail cam pictures and be like, oh, I'm just going to keep going until I get that one giant buck or something, you know? So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I've got a podcast too. And right now, uh, tomorrow comes up part two. I just did my three grandkids, uh, sons. And one of the questions that I asked them was, do you think it was bad that you started so early? Are you burned out? You're talking about some fascinating answers. And, you know, Cranky's response was, oh, no. And, you know, when they're little like that, it gives them identity. It gives them confidence. It, it gives them something they can take charge of. And that's our job. Even though I'm a granddad, all you guys are dads. I was a dad too. You, you got to give them something to, to latch on to. And they get comfortable with when they get good at it, they get comfortable with it. Then that that's kind of becoming who they are. And with girls, you know, like I said, I didn't, I didn't need mine to be super hunters. I didn't care one way or the other, but, uh, it's, uh, it's just a process. You got to, Mark said it, man, 30 minutes and the turkey ain't gobbling. We're picking up rocks and looking. At, I can't tell you how many times when I take a new turkey hunter, kid or not, and I'll ask him like, look, you, you want to focus on turkey hunting? You want to have a guide that's going, we're going to talk about everything. And 100% of the time they want to talk about everything. You know, the difference in a hen and a gobbler track and look at that spider web and stuff like that. Just getting them comfortable out there. That's the main thing. And when that gets to be their comfort zone, then mission's accomplished. I promise you. I, my, my take's a little different because I've seen the kids, my, my kids get raised. Now I'm seeing these grandkids get raised. Man, I wish you could have that knowledge when you're young. But it's, uh, it's all about giving them that comfort level. 
you know, yeah. I'll jump in. Oop, go ahead. All right. So, yeah, for like me, it's just knowing that um, you might not get it that day, but you still have a chance of having that monster big buck that you've always wanted and it just walks right out in front of you or something. And it just keeps you there and it just makes you just want to keep going back and keep fish and fishing and hunting and just staying outside. Go ahead, Mark. So, so what I would say is there's two parts of this in my mind, at least that I'm thinking about with my boys. Um, one is that I'm trying to, and they're still young. So this is more theory than uh, evidence based, but I'm trying to help my boys, especially my four-year-old who's really, really into this stuff already. Um, trying to help him define success in an outdoor outing not by like the end result like did we get the turkey today or did we catch a bunch of fish this is something that i personally struggle with in my own like outdoor pursuits i'm very very goal driven and so my natural predisposition has always be has been to be obsessed with getting whatever the thing is i'm trying to get right and i'm trying to instill in my boys um from an earlier age this idea that success isn't necessarily measured by if we pulled the trigger or not, or if we landed a bunch of fish, but Hey, let's really talk about what the other successes were today. What did we learn today? What did we get better at today? What did we struggle with, but figure out today? So at this age, I'm just trying to point those things out. I'm trying to highlight the fun we had, or I'm trying to highlight the good that came of this couple hours we spent outside when maybe we didn't get the thing that we came out there to do, uh, so I think that's one way to battle this idea of instant gratification is that we don't need to be gratified in the obvious way. Let's look at the other things we got out today. But the second part is that to your point, so much of society does want those instant, you know, does want that instant win, does want that, you know, press the button and the thing arrives on my doorstep. Right. And I think one of the really great things about hunting and fishing and the outdoors in general is that it forces you to look reality in the face and realize it's not the case in most instances and i think the outdoors can be a great teaching um it can be a great teaching mechanism to learn how to handle that kind of stuff so i don't necessarily want to even at all times um remove the toughness of this from my kids right i think we're gonna have days where it doesn't go the way you want it to and yeah that's just how it goes sometimes and let's figure out how we work through that Let's learn to accept that. Let's learn what we can take from that. So I think in one way, I want to show them the fun and the different types of success. And then the other, I want to use hunting and fishing in the bad days as ways to learn how to deal with the tough times, as ways to learn how to be more patient, as an opportunity to learn to persevere, as an opportunity to learn why hard things are good to do. That's a big thing. Like I'm trying to really hammer home the simple idea with my four-year-old that you know, hard stuff is good. And why do we do hard things? so you can get better, so you can grow, so you can get stronger. Um, and every time we go outside, there's opportunities to learn that lesson in different ways. And, and I hope and I think doing that in a very tangible, actionable way outside, I think that kind of thing sticks a lot more than some lesson in school. Yeah, I think for me, guys, it was it was hard transitioning to being to being that mentor um, when Gage first started hunting. Um, because maybe a little bit like Mark, um, very goal oriented as a young archer and, and deer hunter. I went out there with a purpose 
you didn't make a squeak. You didn't make a noise when you were in the stand. Your, your head was always on a swivel looking around. Um, and then taking Gage out there, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a whole different ball game, getting him out there and, and trying to keep him interested in what's going on. Um, there were times that I felt like I was putting – I was projecting the pressure that I put on myself – on him to be quiet we're trying to hunt here kid and 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 that really bothered me at the end of some hunts and the whole idea behind taking a device out there with you to help pass the time i'm like dude we're out here in nature but then i've slowly allowed that more so with myself gage bring your phone out there sit there and play games because we know at certain times of the hunt it does become kind of boring and that helps extend his his time out there. And and I've told him a hundred times, he's like, Dad, let's go. And I'm like, dude, just 30 more minutes. And what happens in that next 30 minutes? Here they come. Here, yeah, come, yeah. here come the deer, here come the turkeys. Um, so I've had to change my perspective on hunting when I take him out. Um, you know, we take food with us and, and we're constantly eating. We're making probably a little bit too much noise. We probably stink um, when we're out there. Um, but I'm going to tell you, my, it's, 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 it's time in the stands, time in the woods um, that has, has really kind of changed my perspective. I think um, instant gratification, you know, I, I think we sit more in the stand. I sit more longer sits um, than I did when I was younger, just because now we've got each other and we can kind of, you know, lose sight of why we're out there, but then come back to focus to it. And um, I don't know. It's, it's certainly changed how I've hunted being able to take him out into the woods and, and I'm, you know, not as goal oriented as I was 10 years ago. Gage, Mark talked about some of the some of the lessons that that all of us, especially young kids, that you learn just from hunting and, and being in the outdoors. So, what what grade are you in? Seventh, eighth, eighth grade? Oh, I'm going into eighth grade. Going into eighth grade. So, you know, when when my son, when we were when when we were learning to hunt together, um, we kind of lived not in the country, not in the suburbs, just kind of like in this weird little zone. And there were two kids in his entire school that hunted. And actually one of the, one of the days I, I signed him out early and on the excuse for, you know, like where people normally write doctor's appointment, I wrote dove hunting and the principal caught me the next day and said, dove hunting is not an acceptable reason to miss, to miss school. And I'm like, well, difference of opinion, but so Gage, what, what are the, some of the, some of the lessons your dad's taught you that hunting has taught you that you can use in school and in your life? And I mean, does it help you stay focused and motivated at school? Oh, uh, well, just like, um, know that something like there'd be a bigger picture than like if we just sat there and did nothing you know that's kind of school how it's boring normally and then you see that after how long you get something rewarding like you you don't have to shoot a deer or anything you just have to see something and and then when you go to school it's kind of in the same idea like you don't have to really have to be doing a whole lot for 
I just I, I don't know how to explain it, but I understand how it how it feels. It's just kind of hard to explain. Yeah, Crank, what about you? Are you famous at school? Your buddies watching you on on YouTube and Instagram all the time. How do you yeah, stay humble? I mean, I just stay focused. I mean, that's one thing that I've learned in the woods and everything. You guys stay focused and pay attention a lot because that's that's one thing that you have to do in school and in the woods. Pay attention to your surroundings and see if something big walks out and not just keep your head down looking at something, you know? Keep keep those grades up so you can keep going out into the woods, though, right? That's the. I don't know if you can see he got scoped during turkey season. I saw that, yeah. yeah oh, he, he, wear, he wears that like a badge, but we're pretty blessed down here in Mississippi. He's got a lot of people in his school that hunt. One of the assistant principal, he, he keeps up with him on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, so that that's good but i know where you're coming from you know and our society's getting them more that way all the time but you know that's a that's an argument that i don't really want to go down i've been down those rabbit holes a lot you know back in the day when the nra did their first great american hunters tour that they did that for a couple of years first year was one event and the second year it was fours jim zumbo did elk uh there was a whitetail guy and then there was uh i did the turkey stuff the first event we did and i'm not picking on anybody i think it was way up in michigan or somewhere and as we were pulling into the parking lot all those there was anti-hunters out there dressed in bunny suits and stuff throwing paint at your cars and everything i don't see much of that anymore i, I think that some of that battle's over with but i've taught these boys and my girls too never apologize for what you do it's what we do is awesome. I was in the Denver airport one time, apparently had some mossy oak on this lady sat down next to me. She said, Oh, you've been hunting. Yes, ma'am. We were elk hunting. I was actually filming. And, uh, she, man, she went off for about eight or nine minutes, you know, about hunting and cruelty and all that. And I said, Hey, I understand how long have you been vegan. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm assuming you don't eat meat. Well, sure I do. And I explained to her how they kill cattle and all that. And she looked at me and she just said, that's different. Well, you can't win that argument right there. So they, they, these fellows right here, they know how to preach to that, if you will. And uh, again, it goes back to that, that confidence level. I, I don't think they need to worry about that too much. Yeah, quick, quick sidebar on that. A long time ago when Gage was pretty young, I don't know if Gage remembers this, but mom and I do very, very clearly that he started crying one night or one day because we started talking about eating beef and he didn't know what beef was. Yeah. And we had to explain to him that beef was cows and he didn't know that people ate cows because that's pretty much all we ate at our house was venison or, or wild game. And it is, it's, it, it engages, engages situation, you know, there's zero gauge friends of yours that actually hunt and and it kind of saddens me a little bit whenever he has a harvest or a successful experience in the in the on the water in the woods said did you share it with anybody at school and he says no because nobody cares and and that's hard to swallow that that is that is hard and that's the same thing that i went through with my son and that was kind of what, you know, what it's just, you know, these, these, these kids, they feel like they're on an Island. And as an adult, you know, we can handle that, 
you know, those interactions like cuz that that you just talked about and like he like cuz said, don't ever apologize, Gage. So, keep keep it going. Mark, did, did you have a did you have a question months? I've got a lot of questions. Okay. Mark, I want to I want to circle back to something that, that that you mentioned and and Brian, you kind of touched on it cuz I'm sure you've been through the same thing, but for me there was this point in my life where my mentality started to shift from me 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 to I want to sh- I want to share this and it's not you know this experience I want to share you know the knowledge that I have had and and Mark you you've kind of you know touched on it you've been going through that evolution of what is important to you and I've listened to some of the stuff and, and read some of the stuff that that you've talked about about what and and correct me if I'm wrong here but you know can you know, what's what's success mean to you and what's important so just just talk about that like kind of that evolution and some of the stuff that you've struggled with just as a man and a and a, and a father. Yeah, sure. I think, you know, I alluded to it earlier, but um, for a long time, I've approached hunting. Uh, I've kind of started calling it like Terminator style. Like I felt like I had this mission and I had to accomplish the mission, you know, hell or high water. And I would kill myself to get that done. I would sacrifice time with family. I would sacrifice work. I would sacrifice whatever it was if I wasn't out there as much as possible or doing everything I possibly could. Or if I wasn't achieving whatever goals I had, I was, you know, stressing out about it a whole lot and a whole cascading series of possible negative effects coming from that. Uh, I've got an obsessive personality, I guess. So hunting was a thing that I naturally latched onto and went really, really, really deep into. Um, But since having kids over the last five years, I've slowly been becoming more self-aware about that and slowly being, um, you know, recognizing by um, just by virtue of everything, uh, of all the different ways your life changes, I've been recognizing more and more how, you know, not only is that detrimental to my family and myself, but it's also hurting this thing that I love so much. So over the last year or so, I've been kind of, I've reached a little bit of a fork in the road where I'm trying to redefine success for myself even. And, you know, changing a little bit of of the way I um, prioritize my time, how I split up how I'm going to spend time on things, what I'm going to focus on. So for example, this year, you know, I'm going, I'm trying to go back to spending more time with my family in the outdoors, getting more time that I can take out the kids, um, you know, not being so focused on, you know, killing a bunch of big bucks because that's what you have to do in this industry and maybe defining my own path in this space in a way that I can be a great father and a great example for those that I speak to and rediscover the joy of this thing that I love so much, but I've allowed the business of it and my own obsession with it to sometimes get in the way of that. Um, so that's the journey I'm on right now. And my boys have been a great uh, mirror to me, I guess, because you can't ignore the things they say or the um, the simple things that they can observe that sometimes you can be so tunnel visioned that you wouldn't see them yourself. And so uh, they've been a great they've been the the learning opportunity I've needed and uh, they've given me a really great way to refocus my energy and excitement and sharing these things with them and exploring these things with them and uh, it's the best thing I could ever ask for yeah cuz what was that evolution like for you you know it was pretty simple I, I said this many many years ago I hear people say it all the time but I figured it out pretty quick having girls and everything, but a, a hunter goes through or an outdoorsman person goes through four stages. 
or says they want to get one, whatever it is, it could be a duck or a giant bass. The second stage is they want to get so many that they can fill the back of their truck up. The third stage is then they want that world record. Then they start going after that big one. But if you make it to stage four, that's when you kind of become the gamekeeper. You know, you get as much fun out of being in the seat of the tractor as you do the seat of the lock on up there. It was, it, it, it was just a natural transition for me. Cause like I said, my girls hunted a little, but when the grandsons were interested in it, man, I flipped the switch. And, uh, first thing I did was when they got five years old, everybody got a crossbow and I would make posts about that. And I, I, I very seldom get negative comments, but man, you throw something about a crossbow up there or uh, a TSS load, you'll get it. But anyway, I was like, what, they're asking like, why did you get a crossbow? I was like, because these little boys want to go bow hunting and to them that's bow hunting. And we can talk about fletching and broadheads and blood trails and waiting and all that kind of stuff. And it, it just consumed me. I went from that guy who would go at literally one in the morning to hang a lock on and be as quiet as I could to popping up ground blinds all over the place. So they can move a little bit or they can sit there and look at their phone. And the, the social media part's fascinating to me because number one, it's going nowhere. I mean, that's going to be here for a while. When, when my granddaughter, the one that's in college now, was 12, I'll never forget this day. She said uh, we were catfishing, and she was looking at that phone a lot, and I got on to her. She said, hey, Pop, she said, if you're not on Instagram, you're not relevant. And I went, wow. You know, she wasn't cutting me up, but I got to thinking about that, and I said, you know what, I'm going to figure this stuff out, and I did. I just go, you know, I got a pretty big Instagram account just for, you know, an old guy do Facebook and all that kind of stuff, but it keeps me in touch with them. and makes me relevant to them. That's the main thing. The, the main thing about getting kids interested, and I made this mistake early on, you got to always remember it's about them. It's not about you. Mark said it 30 minutes. If we ain't heard of Turkey, we're doing this same way with me. Everybody associates me with Turkey hunt. If we don't have a Turkey hunt pretty quick, what do we do real quick? Where do we go? I mean, sometimes we'll go fishing. Other times we'll just head to the house and watch TV or something. We'll Waffle House. Waffle House. We'll go eat somewhere. That's um, right. It's, it's all up to you guys, right? Yes, sir. And uh, that's what you got to remember. It's about them. Leave your ego at the house. And uh, that's uh, that, 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 that makes for a good outing. Mark's already got it figured out, sounds like. That, that's going to be – those little boys that hit the lottery, they just don't know it yet. That was <laughs> – <laughs> that's just like hey paul you 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 failed at that because i you know when i was learning i i was in that you know that stage two or whatever i i want to get that world record like i i, I want to get so many of my trucks full and it was ah, let's go next ridge next ridge next ridge specifically turkey hunting and uh you know just look kind of looking back on that stage of my life you know 15 years ago at this point that was definitely the wrong you know the wrong move and and i i really want to make I want my girls, I want them to, to love it. I want them to be, you know, to be a part of it. If they, if they choose, I just want to give them the opportunity. You know, that's the biggest thing I want to, I'm going to take the right steps. Um, but like you just said, cause checking your ego at the door, that's, that's a big thing. And that's something that, you know, kind of slapped me around in the face there a little, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for that. That that's one thing too. I mean, I love what both Mark and cuz said. I mean, love cuz's breakdown of the, of the four stages of your your hunting career but 
when I first started out, yeah, I was just out there enjoying the outdoors. And, and then we I started hunting with a group of guys here more locally. And, and then it, it almost seemed like it turned into a competition um, who was killing the most, killing the biggest. And that's not really who I am, but I kind of felt myself being drawn into that. I would almost feel a little jealous if someone shot one and I didn't. And, and that's not who I was, but yet, you know, I kept going down that road and, and now having, having a son, being able to take him out, it's like, you're seeing hunting through a fresh set of eyes and you really are humbled back to where you began. And, and, you know, no offense to anybody here, but I, th I think the the hunting industry has become very commercialized and, you know, they're jamming that big buck down your throat and the, the expensive gear and all this kind of good stuff. And, and, and that I just looked at, I'm like, man, we're pricing a lot of people out of this or, or, or giving them false hope to, if you buy this, you're going to shoot that and you're going to become this great stud stud hunter out there. And, and, and I struggled with that too, but what's, what's, like I say, what's the coolest thing in my hunting career? I think I'm entering stage four cause, um, where I don't care if I go out, um, my son and I, we both go out. He has his crossbow. He's working on his compound bow right now. My bow is sitting on the ground next to us. Quiver has all of its arrows just sitting in it and, and gauge is locked and loaded. I don't even think about shooting an animal. When he shot his turkey a few weeks ago, we had a second one coming in and we could have doubled, um, I think. Um, but when we shot his, it was don't care. Let's go check your, your, your animal out. And just having that, that fresh perspective through his eyes. And, and that's changed my view on hunting a ton. Brian, that was the second Turkey, not the first one where it was the uh, wild goose chase to run it down. We, and don't, tackle we, don't, it and we don't talk about that. We one. don't talk about the, uh, the foot pursuit through the woods, trying to tackle a Turkey. Blair Witch Gage, Project. Gage did tackle it, but it ended up getting away. So. If you guys want to see a cool video of somebody chasing a turkey through the woods. <laughs> the, uh, uh, all right, guys. So um, change this a little, little bit. You got kids that are about to go out for the first time. Besides fishing. So I'm talking mostly on the hunting side of things. What are we doing? Uh, do you, you don't just take them on a you know week-long backcountry elk trip. Uh, what are some suggestions that you would have for how to get them started? Maybe with better success. Uh, or, or something that's going to keep them comfortable. You're not going to take them out when it's four degrees outside, um, unless you're really making them hard. But the what 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 kind of first trips would you suggest? In, in my case, I always tell people if if like if and there's people that live next door that want to live your lifestyle, they just don't know how, and especially men are hesitant to ask because it'll make them feel like a what my dad used to say was a wicker bill who didn't know a lot. And, you know, if you can, if you, if you've never hunted before, just find somebody that has hunted, you know, we do, a, we do a lot of that in, in NDA, formerly QDMA. We do a lot of recruitment and stuff like that, but, you know, just don't set the expectations too high and make sure it's not five degrees and all that kind of stuff. 
and and find somebody to take you there there's mentors everywhere that's the that's the big problem we have is like if you want to get into golf you can go to the country club and get them blessing 30 minutes for 30 bucks and you can do that once or twice or three times a week you can't do that in this you got to have somebody take you by the hand and it's going to dedicate some time to you and since you're doing that for your kid, if you're not really knowledgeable, you need to get knowledgeable yourself to the point of, you know, whatever it is, gun safety, how to find sign and all that. My favorite place, and I hate to plug a place to send somebody's Bent Creek Lodge down in Alabama. They're set up just for that. 65,000 acres, 300 and something shooting houses. They don't hunt in the mornings. They do a big breakfast. They got a big gun range there. Uh, and you can sit in a shooting house and you're going to see deer unless it's 80 degrees or 90 degrees. And it's a fun experience. It's more about the camp than it is the deer, but there's no harsh decisions to make, you know, no big compass reading. I need my own X to get back out of the woods. It's very simple. And it's always a great experience. So that, that's a great question. It, it, and it deserves some thought of what's my first introduction to. If I didn't know anything about it, I'd find somebody that was really good at it and say, like, Hey, would you take me and my kid one time? I saw on the, um, were, were you asking about where we would take a kid? Like, so the first thing that came to my mind, if that's the way I wasn't, if I was there, I can't talk the way I was interpreting it was what would you recommend taking a kid? How would you introduce a kid to hunting? And I would just share the way I've thought about it with my boys has been that Turkey hunting is an incredible introduction to hunting because it's warm weather it's very engaging because you don't just need to see them you can also hear them so you can feel like you're engaging with the animal even though they might be hundreds of yards away and a long ways away from you ever being able to see them um and just it feels lower stakes i guess so with my boys um everett is the older one so i've had more experience taking him out you know we started early on just going out there and trying to call turkeys in so i wouldn't have a a gun with me or a bow or anything. We'd just be out there trying to get a turkey. And I remember we called our first turkey in together when he was in the front chest uh, pack that they've got for kids. He would have been, I don't know, five months old or something. And he was in my front chest. We called the turkey in the range there and I was like, all right, we got him. And then I remember another memorable one. We went back out every spring. We've gone out together for these little forays and last year. So he would have been three. Uh, we were in the backyard actually playing and we've got some woods behind the house and we heard a turkey gobble back behind the house in the woods. And the, the both of us, we looked at each other and I said, Ever, what do you think? Should we go get that turkey? He's like, yeah, let's go get him. So I was like, all right, grab your gun. And he reached down and he grabbed an umbrella that he'd been pretending was a gun. He grabbed his umbrella and we went sneaking back in the woods. And to make a long story short, we ended up going back in there, setting up a couple different times, trying to call him in and ended up calling in three Toms all the way in, coming in, Everett set up there. I kind of coached him through the whole thing. So he thinks he's really hunting. I'm talking to him about how he needs to hold still and get your gun in position. And those birds were at 70 or 60 yards. He says, dad, can I take them yet? I'm like, nobody, we got to wait till they're closer. I'm like, all right, remember aim just below the base of the skull and all this kind of stuff. And finally getting a range. He said, dad, I'm ready. Can I take him? I'm like, all right, buddy take him aim just beneath the base of the skull and he aims his little umbrella and he says kapow just as loud as me and those turkeys go running off and he's cheering he's like dad did i get him did i get him like yeah you got him buddy but we're not gonna be able we're not gonna be able to bring him home 
But I think like those little adventures like that were really great introductions to hunting. He felt like he was doing it. We had the excitement of animals coming in. Um, and again, it's, it's such a low stakes, comfortable environment that those turkey hunts have been great for us. Um, I've started taking them out in the blind to go deer hunting, but it's, again, I think the way I've been looking at it is those first hunts are really just little mini adventures and you're out there just hoping to see something like just going through the motions. Um, so on those early deer hunts, I haven't brought a firearm or anything either. It's more so like we're going out there. We're going to hopefully see something. We're going to sit for half an hour and then we're going to explore. Um, but again, keep it warm, keep it early season, those types of things. Again, trying to make it fun, trying to showcase the the joy you can have in the experience, even though we don't get anything. Um, and then, you know, I have also, though, introduced the outcome. So helping him understand what the outcome can be by taking him now on track jobs and stuff. So when I do get a deer, he gets to come out there and help me find the deer and go through all that. Um, and those things I think have been important introductions too. So he's getting to see some of the work that goes into it. He's getting to see the, what those hunts look like when you don't get something. And then he does get to experience a little bit of what it does look like when the results do turn out the way you want them to. Um, so that's what we've tried so far. Gage, do you remember what you first hunted? Uh, what was the first animal you hunted? Like probably a deer. Come yeah. on. What? The first what? one. I think you were like seven years old, squirrel hunting. Was? Oh yeah, because we went right back behind our woods. Yeah, that's the, the one thing that I, uh, I still love squirrel hunting. I grew up squirrel hunting with my grandfather, and and I think just like like Mark said, very low stakes. You can go out in the woods, but while you're out there, there's so much that you can learn. Um, being in the woods, how to be quiet, how to sit and be patient. As, as Cuz said, you know, if you sit for a little while and you don't see anything, then you can move on. It's no big deal, but you're learning deer track, deer trails, and it's almost like preseason scouting out there. And that's one of the first things that, that Gage did. Um, we got him out there with um, my 28 Gage, I think, was at the First, yeah. uh, first squirrel you shot was with my 28 gauge and yeah. we still squirrel hunt a lot. And we keep saying that we need to shoot our deer a little bit earlier in the season so that we can squirrel hunt a little bit more later in the season. But, um, squirrel hunting is a phenomenal way to get out there. And again, to kind of echo what, what cuz says, there's a lot of programs out there. I was involved with Wheeling sportsman, um, here in Northwest Ohio for probably 10 or 12 years and Gage even, even helped out with that for either getting, you know, hunters with disabilities out or even young hunters. And there's a ton of programs. It's just trying to find it. Um, but there too, again, you know, like Gage has no friends in school that touch hunting or want to be in hunting in some of these suburbs, um, in which we live, you know, hunting is something that people don't talk about and, um, I think we all need, need to do a better job at, at pushing that um, to our youth to ensure our future, I guess. Cranky, what was the first critter you chased? I'm pretty sure it was a buck, and or not a buck, a doe when I was five years old, five or six. And the first time we went was a crossbow because – it, it's our season starts off with crossbow you gotta wait you gotta use a gun a little later in the season and we kept going it was kind of like my devil turkey hunt but i just kept going i didn't really have a, a specific animal in mind i was just 
wanting to get one for my first animal. And eventually gun season opened up and I started taking this 223 until I finally um got a doe. You found the whole thing. I did. I filmed the whole thing. Who well, was really. who took you hunting for that that first hunt? He killed he a deer. Did. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Was he? he uh, who was more excited, cuz? Oh me, about yeah. ten thousand. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it's yeah. It's nothing. It's nothing like that. And uh, again, they're both. Uh, I have two daughters. Have their own families. One grandson, granddaughter. Everybody hunts a little bit. You know, both the dads hunt a lot but there's always somebody to take, you know, it's like, I'll take the little one. Or I'll take the, it doesn't matter to me. And that's, that's, that's quite the blessing, but, uh, just, just, just watching them get at ease with all that, you know, on the podcast I'm doing this week, I asked them a big, uh, a, a specific question about gun safety. And I was like, are you guys scared of guns? And boy, they all went into the training they had and all that kind of stuff started with a BB gun and went to a 22 then we went to this and that and this and that and you know the people that don't do that i kind of feel sorry for them i, I really do because they don't have a mark Kenyon or a paul or one of you guys in their life and they're missing out a lot so they form these little defenses where they're not going to talk about it uh that's why we're so grateful meat eater i mean you guys y'all reach so many people i always want to tell Stephen that through joe rogan and all that kind of stuff that's we need to focus a lot more on that i i can tell you i, I watched the outdoor industry bloom if you would and you know to see how many people we can reach now through social media done right is uh overwhelming that's why i think the anti-hunter thing is kind of calmed down a little bit that I and mean, we got six dollar gas but they have done such a good job growing their vehicles uh, very indebted, a lot of admiration for what you guys do, Mark. Tell Stephen I said that, not that it's a big deal, but that's how you reach them now. If you're not getting it to their phone, they're not seeing it. And the outdoor industry was a little late to to, to grab onto that theory. I wasn't. Uh, Toxie Hayes was way ahead of that curve. He's done a great job, him and his sons, on social media. But, uh, you know, how we reach them is different. The kids are different. And, the whole title of my podcast this week was what's cool to hunting and fishing with kids. So I asked them like, what's cool about it. So hopefully maybe one kid hears it and they figure out, well, that sounds cool. And then maybe they'll tug their dad's shoulder and say, Hey, why don't you take me hunting or fishing? So you never know. That's good stuff. You got anything? I think we're, we're, we're at a little over 50 minutes. So I, 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 I the one question I had, um, and kind of for cause, the difference between boys and girls out in the outdoors, how is it? Is there a difference on how you handled that? You talked about dealing with your girls versus your, your grandsons. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Now, you got to catch some girls when they're little. You know, I can remember going to, and I, I just had the home in Chittah National Forest. Ain't like we had a pristine little farm with food plots. And I would take a blind and a sleeping bag, and there, may, there was probably Barbie dolls in the mix. And I just wanted them to get outside. And if I got a chance to shoot a deer, I would shoot a deer with them. Didn't happen a lot, but I just, again, I didn't care if they were big hunters. I wanted them to sit outside. I wanted them to sit there till dark, walk out in the dark, have those little adventures and didn't necessarily want them to be tomboys or anything like that. But I wanted them to know, like I said, where food comes from and all that kind of stuff. But yes, spent way more time at dance recitals and cheerleader practice than I did 
you know, like with these little knuckleheads, they're eat up with it. But yeah, girls are special. And I ain't saying that's a Southern thing, but uh, they, they are special. They require a little special treatment. And again, it's got to be the right day and the right time and all that. I married a girl from uh, Northern Illinois who didn't know hunting from, you know, anything. And that was a quite a process to get her involved six years to get her to shoot her first deer <laughs> countless. She just couldn't do it. And finally one day she did. And after that she was fine, you know, and I'm teaching them how to field dress them and how we make ground meat and all that kind of stuff. And it, to them, it makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, but girls were a little different. You know, you got to plan way more. You got to make sure their clothes are right you know, their boots fit and all that. It's a little more trouble, but man, is it worth it? I feel, I feel hopeful. Cause I'm, you know, I was struggling in my mind. How do I take these, these little girls that, you know, their idea of like woodland critters is like Disney musicals, you know? And, uh, you know, how, how do I, how do I throw them into this mix of, you know, the, the, the hunting world. And I feel like I'm on the right track. My, my oldest daughter just last week, she caught her first, first fish. It was a bluegill. She pulled out. And the first thing she said was dad, can we eat it? And I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what? We're on the right path. So, yeah, I never forget when I had my granddaughter one time, we were catching catfish and I wasn't talking a lot. We were catching, she was catching. Then we skinned them, laid them and we had a big fish fry and she hadn't said a lot. We were sitting there and my wife made some of her famous hush puppies. God bless you. Tammy. And Avery looked up at me and she said, Hey pop. I said, what? She said, we caught the fish and we cleaned the fish and now we're eating the fish. That's pretty cool. I'm like, you know what? I could die tomorrow. I'd be happy that they, they'll get it. It's just a process. You can't force it on them. And Lord knows they're probably not going to get, you know, encouragement at school, sad as that is, but it's just a slow process. Yeah. Yeah, I think with with you know with with my son and 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 Brian and Cuz and, and Gage and, and Cranky, you can probably test to this and and Mark and your kids, it, you know, you could give a boy just a, a, a stick off of a tree and they're going to turn it into a gun, you know. And and girls, they're not like that, and it, it's been my experience. So that's uh, that's good. That's good stuff. I really I really enjoy this. You got anything else? I thought this was great. No, I'm yeah. I mean, I think we could talk for hours, but uh, we appreciate your guys' time. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us uh, your two cents on, on the topic. Thanks, Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Our pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen. Take care. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you.